everybody. Welcome back to Psych with Dr. DK. I am Dr. DK here in the house. We've been on a little bit of a break again just because taking breaks are good. It's good for your mental health. Um, it's a little challenging, I'm going to be honest, to come up with new content every Friday. Um, psychology is such a huge thing. Uh, it's a huge, there's just a lot of stuff in it. <laughs> so it's very broad. But the difficulty comes into seeing the likes and the dislikes on your content. And sometimes that could create uh, a feeling of just being unworthy or a feeling of just like, oh, I'm just not getting it. Nobody's watching. But that's not what this is for. <laughs> what this is for is just to spread some knowledge, spread some things that I've learned along the way, but also to share with whoever wants to listen at whatever time. And this brings up the conversation of isolation. So sometimes what happens in life, uh, there is self-isolation and then there is forced isolation by others. We're going to be talking about both of those today. But isolation is the def like the definition of the dictionary says isolation is when you remove yourself to be alone and you may cut off uh, ties with people or you just go into solitude away from everybody and everything. And it can get difficult um, because isolation can actually cause different things as well um, within our mental health. And so when we are feeling disappointed, um, it could trigger some things in us. Uh, so we're going to talk about just those different things. So with isolation, when it's self-isolation, typically um, we're exhausted and we're just like, let's go be by ourselves. Let's not be around people. Uh, maybe we are introverted. Uh, an introversion, being an introvert just means that you um, want to be alone. You're shy. You're, you're not one who needs to be fueled by being around people all the time. So you actually get fueled by being at home. And if you are extroverted, you usually are fueled uh, emotionally and mentally by being around people all the time. And you, you're kind of a go-getter uh, in the sense of going out, being at events, uh, putting on a lot of events every year. And sometimes for someone who is a introvert, that kind of uh, on the go 24-7 is exhausting. So isolation can take place. Now, again, isolation based off the, di the dictionary, what it just means is, is that um, you are, are putting yourself in a position to be alone somewhere by yourself, away from everybody else. Uh, it's kind of just a simplified version. They just kind of say the process or fact of isolating or being isolated, also separated, uh, segregated away from people, quarantine, keeping apart. Those are some of the other um, quick definitions of isolation. And I think when we are isolated just by ourselves to try to re-energize sometimes what will happen is we'll start to notice that um, we're isolating it becomes too easy and we almost have to challenge ourselves to go out into the world uh, and and really what it can what causes isolation sometimes and this is you can google this online but the public health uh, dot edu states that Sometimes isolation is caused by intimate partner violence, loss of loved ones, mental health issues, remote location, uh, physical impairment, social media, and unemployment. Those are just a couple of things that causes that. Um, but the, the danger of self-isolation is that it actually increases the risk of 
uh, anxiety and depression. Isolation is also associated to 50% of an increase with patients with dementia. Um, and that is according to the cdc.gov. And so when we look at how isolation can affect us long term, it doesn't mean you're going to have dementia. But what it does mean is if you have dementia and you're isolating, it's actually increasing the risk of your dementia kicking into play. Uh, anxiety, depression, loneliness, uh, suicidal tendencies. Those are also some things that might cause those issues, um, maybe even an like it and it's not if you isolate you're going to have these things again usually those things are hyphened um and they're things you already have but it, you start to become more anxious to go out and i think a lot of us saw this during covid um when we did the lockdowns because of the fact that we were not allowed to go outside and it was really hard for people who were really uh, extroverted i know a lot of friends who they wanted to hug and people who were maybe more afraid of uh, getting COVID, they were like, don't touch me. And they, they had every right to do that. But it was this fear of if I touch my friend, I could get them sick, but I am a person who needs physical touch because it's a love language. Like they feel whole again as a person. Um, and I know for myself, isolation, when I tend to isolate, my anxiety and my depression go up. Um, I tend to shut down. I tend to disconnect and start just living on a social media binge of like looking at how everybody else is living and I'm like man I really wish I could live like that and and just it seems like everyone has all, all this energy but when I'm able to look at why I'm isolating typically it's because of my anxiety or depression or maybe um, lockdowns like like COVID and so you have to push yourself slowly out of that isolation after a long time and then there's forced isolation due to abuse and we we see this if we look up uh just different causes um for self-isolation if we go to kgfamilylaw.com isolation may actually be seen in cases of child abuse elder abuse in hostile work settings um if someone is having a really hard time at work or in a toxic work environment they come home and they just lock themselves in the room until the next business day that they have to go to work um but with elder abuse and child abuse isolation is very um common because of the fact that the abusers want to keep people away from their uh, victims and i actually experienced this growing up we were homeschooled um and we weren't allowed to go anywhere without supervision of a parent and i just i just think of all the times that um isolation took place for us and like how much of covid's lockdowns re-affected us emotionally i know for myself I'm, I'm just gonna speak for myself for me it triggered some things from my childhood of if you go out you're gonna get killed if you go out you're gonna get arrested if you go out you're gonna get disciplined you're gonna get in trouble um, these were things that my parents would always say if you say anything if like you're sick to somebody then people aren't going to want to be around you and they're going to shun you and all of these things and I realized that the type of isolation that I had gone through as a child which was abusive isolation um, whenever I've isolated it has has brought up some things like my eating disorder uh, that I have struggled with since I can remember 
um, the depression, the anxiety, loneliness, jealousy of like seeing how other people are. And I think social media just kind of hyphened that sense of jealousy for me. Um, because you know, once if, if we, if we went out as, as kids or teenagers, um, it was more for church and it was just Sunday morning and then maybe Sunday evening if, if my parents were volunteering at the church. Um, but the isolation became one of those things that um, it was easy to hide things from people. And it, it just, it's really bad when we look at isolation in a sense of this is my only way out of being with people. Um, and I think COVID, um, you just see the depression and the anxiety and the eating disorders went up, suicide went up, alcoholic, alcoholism went up, drug addiction went up. And it was because people were trying to cope with not being able to go outside. Um, and as a child, I, I experienced that. Um, and there was no one to talk to about it because anyone we did talk to about it was kind of like, yeah, get over it. Your parents are your parents and blah, 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 blah. Um, but there, there's something I want to bring up that's pretty serious is that there are six warning signs that we should look at for other people because isolation and abuse are still taking place. Um, and it's an emotional abuse. Um, now here, here's the thing is that some of these might, some of these things might be where you're at and you're like, oh my gosh, it doesn't necessarily mean you're being abused. Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean somebody else is being abused, but abuse tends to happen to people who are easily um i'm not gonna say manipulated but basically they're easily uh swayed into what the other person wants and it starts off small sometimes it starts off like you're you're the part um the partner insisting on just one in one time um and that one-on-one -on -one time it's like any every time all the time um you go out and invite a friend and suddenly they're upset and they're like this was our time and it's like you you haven't seen your friends or family in months because you've only been spending one-on-one -on -one time with this person like this person just doesn't want you around other people um another sign of isolating being isolated due to abuse is that the the per partner um or person refuses to interact with friends and family um, and, and they're like, well, I'm not going to Christmas. I'm not going to Thanksgiving. I'm not going to your birthday party because they're going to be there. And there really isn't because there's any conflict happening or because they've done something to that person. It's really because that person is just isolating you to where you're feeling guilty going elsewhere without them. Um, another thing is your partner invests in invents reasons why you should not see your friends or family. Uh, well, I heard he said this about you or she said that about you or, you know, um, it's not like they care for you anyway. These are just abuse tactics. Um, so, well, I, I've been in those kind of relationships and they just suck. <laughs> like, and I've had that with my family where it was like, well, I want for example like for with my parents there was one time that i said i wanted to go to the movies with a friend and um they're like oh well i planned this for us to do today and so you have to cancel and so i canceled and then we sat around doing nothing and i'd say like i thought we were going to do this and they're like yeah no i just didn't want you to go anywhere um and now you're grounded or in trouble for this i had uh, an ex who did that a lot where you know he he would say like i'm not spending time with your family 
And I'm like, why? Like, did something happen? No, no I just don't want to spend time with them because I have other plans and, you know, you can go, but I'm never, ever going to go with you. Um, and so if you want to spend time with me, you have to do what I'm doing. And it's just like, oh, and you fall for it because this isn't something, again, that that's a red flag from the beginning. It's little by little that you're falling for these things and you're moving things around and, you know, you're trying to see how um, you can do things with this person and still have best of both worlds. But it's really like you're every step, every moment, every month that passes by, you're slowly being pulled away from family and friends to sometimes you don't even notice how long it's been. Um, but you know, you know that that's just what has to, it just it happens that way. Um, another thing of isolation when it becomes abusive is your partner is checking in on you consistently, but it's not a, it's not like, hey, how's your day going? I know you had a hard day. Um, it's not like, hey, I'm just thinking about you. Not stuff like that. Like literally like, why didn't you answer your phone five minutes ago? Who just got off the phone? Um, well, if you're not going to answer the phone, we're not going to be together. And there's always like a threat that comes after it. Um, and this is done very tactfully. Um, what are you doing? Why are you not answering your phones? I texted you. I've called you. And it's like, I, again, I just, I just texted you back. Well, you didn't text me back fast enough. And it becomes an obsession of you're not. And, and, and usually there's an accusation at the end. And I know for, for me, one of the accusations was, um, you you're abandoning your responsibilities when it came to my parents and when it came to the ex relationship it was are you cheating on me um are you seeing somebody else are you um trying to break up with me and it was always like no and it was always a fire that I had to put out with both of these sides parents and and relationships um and another sign of isolation um and maybe even crossing a line <laughs> is that the person insists knowing all of your passwords um, and, and, and while you're sleeping is checking your phone, your email. There's no trust there. The trust is eroded very quickly um, and there's no privacy. So uh, I remember having a diary and, um, you know, my parents knew about it, but I would write stuff in there and it was almost to where they would trick me to write things in there and I would write it down and then they'd read it and I would get grounded for it. And then they were like, well, this, even though it was something that happened years before and they knew about it, somehow I'd still get grounded. Um, and then when my ex was doing it, I actually found um, that they were going behind my back, calling and texting other people and saying like, oh, she doesn't want to be friends with you anymore. Um, and like deleting things and just a lot of things where it's just like, wow, you deleted that. And I, that, that was like a really good memory on a picture. And like, I don't have that photo anymore. And they're like, well, you don't need it. Um, and it was, it was never anybody that was a threat, which was really weird. It was like family photos and things like that. Um, but I noticed as I went, it was like, oh, did you see this post? This is about you from so-and-so. And it had nothing to do with me. So you start going and spinning around in circles. And so what happens is you start to not trust anybody and you isolate yourself more and you believe the person who's abusing you because of the fact that um, it's just they, they along the lines have built up this trust with you. Well, what you think is trust and you believe their every word. And this is not again, this is not stuff that happens from the beginning. It, it's stuff that happens little by little by little by little. 
and you're like, wow, like I suddenly realized that I can't go outside to get the mail without getting a shoe thrown at my face. And all I'm doing is getting the mail. Um, and, and it's like, well, why are you upset? It's, you know, I'm just going outside to get the mail. It's like, well, you didn't tell me you're going outside to get the mail. Like, how dare you? I need to know where you're at because if you get kidnapped, like my parents use that all the time. If you get kidnapped, then I don't know where you're at. And then if I don't, you're going to just be dead on the side of the road because you didn't tell me. And I'm like, I'm literally getting the mail. Literally. <laughs> That's all I'm doing. Um, and the mail, ironically, would come in our front door and be dropped at our front door. And I, I would get a, a shoe thrown at my head because I didn't tell them I was grabbing the mail at the, at the front door. Um, and, and so what happens is... When you're being abused, you tend to isolate a little bit more. You tend to cut off relationships. You tend to not trust people. You tend to feel always on edge. And you're just not sure why. Um, and I noticed during COVID, a lot of people who had gone through abuse um, started having a high, a higher anxiety and depression and fear of, of things because they had been uh, abused and isolated in that way that there were triggers happening that were very similar because you know our government was saying like you can't go outside you can't do this you can't do that there's this curfew and there's just all of these things that were happening it was very scary honestly and it was there was no real threat outside of a sickness there was no physical threat of a person coming and like murdering me or something and that's where my my mind went because that was what my parents had always said to me. Uh, you're going to get kidnapped. You're going to get this. You're going to get that. You're going to get hit by a car. Nobody will know and blah, blah, blah. And like, this is the danger of isolation in general is that we stop telling people how we feel. We stop communicating what we need to people and we just try to do it alone. And we are not made to do things alone. We are made for relationships. We are, you know, that as, as a Christian, I firmly believe that like, we were made in the image of God to be in a relationship with God and that we thrive off of the relationships around us and we are so desperate to do life together with people that we are better together. And so when you isolate people to this alone state, that's why there's this high anxiousness, there's this depression, there is this comparison that goes on with everybody else and I think social media kind of just brings that to the forefront of our mind because it's like as I'm isolated and depressed I'm starting to look at other people and become jealous and envious of what they have um so isolation is not always bad sometimes isolation is good for a moment of just breathing but when we are starting to isolate isolate ourselves 24 7 um 365 days a year we're in a danger zone because of the fact that we then stop communicating to people and then we stop telling people what we're feeling and and where we're at and then there is i feel uh, for me personally one of the things i realized was when i did open up about what i felt i immediately was offended when people didn't follow up with me because it was kind of like i had this expectation uh that i didn't tell anybody like hey i need someone to follow up with me in the next couple hours um it was just over the top like I was in my spiraling thought process of doom and gloom and like oh nobody likes me everybody hates me like oh my gosh nobody's responding it doesn't matter that it's two o'clock in the morning that I'm sending this text and everyone's sleeping nobody cares um 
And so isolation can turn into too much when we are too much alone. So that's the difference. Isolation, again, is not a bad thing. But when we over-isolate ourselves, we, we tend to start cutting people off. And then there are people who do experience isolation that is due to abuse. And it becomes really difficult when there's moments of isolation. We are afraid to be alone. Um, and if you are in a relationship where it is abusive, um, I am going to put a number that you can call. Um, and I'm, I'm going to provide that verbally to you just in case you are listening. Um, but it's really important that there is a National Domestic Violence Hotline, and it is 1-800-799-7233. Uh, you can also text START to 88788. These hotlines are not just hotlines that you just talk away your problems with. These are people who can help you um, to get out of that violence to get out of that that abuse um, and it's really hard to make that first step out but I, I'm telling you there's a whole other side of a world that it's just different when you're not living in abuse every single day um, but yeah that's what I want to talk about today isolation is is can be good for rejuvenation but when we overdo it isolation can be really bad for us mental our mental health and then isolation due to abuse is never a good thing um, so make sure that you're, if you can step out, get the help you need, get out of that situation and, and don't look back. Um, but next week we're going to be talking about a different topic and I'll see you guys then. Um, but just keep in mind that sometimes the way that our brain is functioning makes us feel like we're alone and we're not alone. So just know that and I'll see you guys next week.